everyone, this is Myra. This is Paula. And this is Martha. And we are your hosts. We are here to help you level up with topics on self-awareness, confidence, and self-acceptance. So grab whatever you would like to sip on and welcome to Sipping With Us. Welcome back to another episode of Sipping With Us. I am very excited because today we are going to be talking about social media. And I think that's a topic that a lot of us want to learn more about. So um, we, I invited one of my really good friends, also my doctor, Dr. Rebecca. She is, I'm going to say, a professional with social media and what she does. So welcome. Thank you for coming. Thank you for having me. Super excited. You all <laughs> want to start with the Raven rant? Yes. Well, why don't you start it, Rebecca? <laughs> Ooh, well, nothing too exciting happening, to be honest. But um, I guess just um, with patients and stuff, just a really great patient progress story that happened this week. Um, I had a patient that came to see me for a new patient about a week ago. Mm -hmm. And she came in and she was like, I've had neck pain every single morning for about two years. So we did her exam, created a treatment plan for her. And after her first um, treatment, the next time I came, she came in to see me for her second treatment. She said, Dr. Rebecca, I have to tell you something. I said, what? I'm like, oh no, what happened? <laughs> and she's like, for the first time in almost two years, I woke up with no neck pain. And I was like, oh my God, my heart. So that's just something really that just awesome that happened. Makes everything worth it, right? Oh my gosh. Yes. <laughs> that's. Yeah. I think I saw that on your, on your Instagram too. I was like, oh, that's, you know. For, there's a lot of people that deal with, with pain, pain like that. And you never really think about, I would never think about going to a chiropractor resolves that. Yeah, you know? yeah, for sure. So we'll definitely learn a lot about that today. <laughs> so what about a rant? Ooh. No rants this week. I don't think so. <laughs> I can't think any, of right? anything. If you, I feel like if you can't really think about it right away, then it's just, there's of, nothing. There's nothing, <laughs> there's nothing there. to find. Let's not dig deeper in there. Um, I want to, kind of give a cheers because we always kind of start the episodes that way too. Um, the only one drinking alcohol today, I'm drinking a White Claw watermelon one. I'm not even like a seltzer person, but that's what we have today. Not? You don't like, no, no, I'm not a big seltzer person. I think it, I don't know. I associate it with like, I don't know what it is, but I don't like it. <laughs> um, what are you guys drinking? What are we stepping on? A caramel frappuccino from Starbucks. Starbucks water. <laughs> it's thursday we're trying she's trying to be healthy it's probably what i should be doing right now too and rebecca you're also drinking some coffee yes so cheers guys to a good episode i'm always excited to have guests and learn hmm. your so rave martha okay my rave well it was memorial weekend so obviously like I said on the last episode, we're probably just going to be raving about our weekends every from now on since it's going to be summer, summer soon. Yes. So it seems um, like summer. I know. That's probably the rant <laughs> that I would have. Yeah. Is that the weather has been. Let's start with rant. So the weather here in Texas, uh, North Texas has just been like insane. It's never been this. It was like 66, 63 degrees it's the other never day. Been this chill or this around cool. this time of year, or at least that I remember. So it doesn't really feel like summer yet. I know Memorial Weekend's like the unofficial beginning of summer, at least for me it is. Um, doesn't really feel like it. So, <laughs> I but um, I guess raved, you know, just spending quality time with people. And um, we had a fun girls night actually two days ago. Um, Myra's sister, one of our 
good friends. She left back to New York and we're going to miss her. Shout out to her. She's listening. <laughs> um, so we kind of had a little uh, girls dinner on a Tuesday, which was nice because it's kind of nice getting out of like the normal routine during the week. Mm-hmm. I, I like uh, doing stuff like that because it doesn't happen often. But yeah, that's my only rave. I don't really have a rant. Let's keep it. Let's keep it like that. <laughs> um, well, my rave, like you said, it was Memorial Day weekend. So I had a trip planned to California with a couple of my girlfriends. So it was really fun. It was, I enjoyed it. The weather looked nice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you got some nice weather. For the I know, weekend. compared to here. Mm-hmm. And you look tanned, by the way. Thank you. Did like you go the, like swimming or something? I have like the farmer's Okay. Tan. Must have been nice weather. No, I actually did the self-tanner before I left. Oh, okay, okay. And then over there, it just, I Enhances guess with the, with the sun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That is true. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I got a, but you can see the self-tan. I'm ready to have tan skin. <laughs> I know. I was like. By now, I'll be using my pool. I haven't been able to use it. What about you, Paula? Ray Brents? I don't know. I don't know. I haven't had much going on. I mean, we've been going out a lot. Mm-hmm. Spending a lot of time with y'all. Uh, family. Family and friends. Oh, I guess you can say Sunday night. I have my family just show up unexpectedly with my friends. And Where you were at. Mm-hmm. It was a big party. And you like when people come together. Yeah. So that's a rave. Okay. Well, cheers. And um, why don't we go ahead and get started with like, Rebecca, tell us a little bit about what it is that you do and how you even got started in, into like uh, majoring in like chiropractor. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't I, know what you call it. <laughs> Teach us. A chiropractor. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. In chiropractic. Yeah. Okay. There you go. So I got started. Ooh, I graduated about three years ago. Um, I'm actually from, Myra knows this, I'm from Canada. So um, I did my, all my schooling there, my doctorate there as well. How I got into it, it's it's super interesting because it wasn't really something that I felt like I was destined to do, that I've been wanting to do since I was a little girl and all this stuff. It was more so it just kind of stumbled upon me. Um, but one thing that I will say is I've been very much like a naturalistic, holistic person since I was little. I remember I used to get a lot of ear infections and, um, my dad used to go pick us, pick me up antibiotics and medicine and I would never take it. And I don't know why, but I just wouldn't. Um, I hate swallowing pills and like medication and I just couldn't do it. And so I was like, you know what? I'm just, I'm just going to heal by myself. Like get, that's it. That's how I'm going to get better. So just with rest and, you know, hydration and just, you know, vitamin D and vitamins and supplements and things like that. That's how I just really got into it. So undergrad comes along. I had no idea what I wanted to do. I was doing an undergrad in similar, um, just background, which was human kinetics and kinesiology. Um, and so in my third year, my sister, my older sister, who was very like, a planner and she knew what she wanted to do from the get-go. I have a twin sister and she kind of asked to both of us, uh, what are you guys doing with your life? Like, what are you guys going to do after undergrad? And you know, what the, what's the profession that you want to get into? And we were both kind of like, I don't know, we'll see where it takes us kind of thing. And she's like, no, you have to decide, you have to know what you want to do. So we kind of got serious from then on. And, um, I, my dad was very big into like, why don't you become a back doctor? And I was like, what is that? Like, what do I do with that? (laughs) And so I remember he used to go to a chiropractor. He had a lot of hip issues. So, um, he was like, 
look into chiropractic, see if you want to do that. I'm like, I have no idea what it entails. Like, what do, what do I do? Like all this stuff. So I remember I had a school teacher, high school teacher who, um, we own a restaurant. She come, she used to come to our restaurant. Our high school was down the street and, um, she, I was working there. She came by one day and she was like, Rebecca, what are you doing? Like, what are you doing in, in school and all that stuff? And I'm like, I'm not really sure. Like I'm leaning towards maybe chiropractic or physical therapy. Not really sure. She's like, well, I have a best friend or one of my closest friends who's a chiropractor down the street. Why don't you just go and like shadow her? Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay. So I went and I kid you not, after that one shadow experience, I was like, this is what I'm meant to do. So applied to school, got in and uh, the rest is history. Oh, wow. So yeah. It's always like that one person, like that kind of sparks that interest in you, right? Like whether it's like a mentor or somebody like we always have to have like somebody that we look kind of forward to or that inspires us. For sure. And I'm kind of happy it happened that way just because it was, it landed in my lap almost. And it was meant to be, I think. Um, I know a lot of people who got into the profession and after the first year they were like, Oh my God, this is not what I want to do. And mm-hmm. thankfully that didn't happen to me cause that would be horrible. Mm-hmm. And some people even like halfway through the doctorate program, they were like, what am I doing? Like, this is just doesn't feel right. It's not, doesn't feel like this is what I meant to do. And I'm sure you all have probably experienced something similar. Um, but yeah, just super blessed and, and happy that it, it all worked out. That is me. So mm-hmm. how old were you around this time? Like when you decided this is the direction I want to go? Yeah, I think I was 20, 20 or 21, I believe. Um, and then started the doctorate and I graduated at 25. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. I love to hear stories like that. <laughs> so it took you what, five years for your doctorate? Uh, four years. Four years. So total of eight years with the undergrad. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. And then the, the licensing is a whole other story. Oh, man. <laughs> so it took a while, but it was worth it, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And you did you finish like when you were still in Canada or did how did you? Yes. So tell, tell us. I'm curious. How did how did you end up in Fort Worth, <laughs> North Texas? <laughs> yeah, that's a great question. So I met my husband now, but then boyfriend mm-hmm. at the time he played in the Canadian Football League. So we met he played for my hometown. OK, so we met there. Um I believe in my second year and my second year of my doctorate. Um, and were you looking for someone? No, I wasn't. I don't think I was. It kind of just happened. Mm-hmm. It, it was, it was, and I know a lot of people are like, just, you know, don't stress. It'll happen when it's meant to happen. Mm-hmm. And I think the that's right the best way to, <laughs> yes. to actually fall in love. Yeah, yes. I like, agree. It comes to you. Like it, it was unexpected. It really was. Um, and, um, it was, you know, it was one of those things like, when I met him, I was like, you just know, like, you just know. And, um, yeah. And so we decided to, after I graduated, you know, what do you want to do? Do you want to stay here? Do you want to go there? We were unsure. Was it hard? It was really hard. Doing your doctorate and having a boyfriend. Oh my gosh. It was because he, his schedule was so hectic and busy. They were traveling a lot. Um, he was actually in, in Ottawa, and I was in Toronto doing my uh, doctorate. So it was about four hour drive. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. So I kid you not, every weekend we were back and forth, Ugh. back and forth. And my family was in Ottawa. So I was going to see my family, of oh, course, okay. and then seeing him at the same time. Um, but it was a lot of back and forth 
And even to this day, I tell him, I'm like, I don't want to drive ever again. <laughs> it right. was a lot of driving. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was a lot of driving, but it was, uh, it was an exciting time. Um, school was really stressful, really hectic, really busy. Um, there were times where I was like, I don't know if I could do this. Mm-hmm. Like a, a lot of crazy, crazy moments like that. But, um, I think it's those moments that just make you the strongest right? and, uh, make it all worth it and all worth worthwhile. So, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. So we decided to, um, we were unsure. I graduated in Toronto. Um, he came to my graduation with my family and, uh, he, we had set up like a, just a graduation trip, uh, here in Texas. Actually, I don't think I remember. I think it was a surprise trip. So I don't remember where we were going. Um, and so we ended up going, uh, on the trip and it just so happened that on the trip, he, he proposed to me. So then we decided from then let's, let's stay here and, and build our, our careers and lives here. And he was also transitioning into the real world work. He's going to hate that. I said that, but like, you know, an athlete versus like, you know, in the workforce. Right. Um, so yeah. So he was going through his thing and a lot of new things happening for him and finding a job and what is he going to do type thing. And same thing for me. So we were kind of like in the same phase of life where we were trying to find, uh, it find always happens that way. Right. I feel like sometimes like just kind of going into the whole relationship, mm-hmm. um, subject is that I feel like sometimes people don't realize that if you want to attract a certain person, like you have to be in that kind of state mindset as them and yeah. kind of, that's where you find each other. Yeah. Like you can't be this is why like you can't be like in your healing stage and, and intend to find somebody that's more in a secured stage yeah, of their yeah, life. For sure. It's always, you're always going to attract kind of where you're like similar. Yeah, for life, sure. I agree. I, although when we met, we were in completely kind of different phases because mm-hmm. he was like working, he was an mm-hmm. athlete. So he was set. He had been in the league for, I think at that time, probably like six or seven years. Um, and I was in school and like just doing school and like everything was school. And, um, for him, it was like, you know, this is, this is what I'm doing with my life. This is my career. Mm -hmm. So it was very much, but it was kind of similar because it was just so busy. Like he had a Mm -hmm. full on schedule, you know, but same as me, I had a full on schedule. So Mm -hmm. we were both really busy. Um, but it was, uh, it was a really exciting time and fun. Is it, I always wonder, um, I'm like, just always like curious about like relationships in general. Um, is it like you talking back about it? And bringing up like how it all started, does oh, that kind yeah. of spark those butterflies for you? Again? Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I feel like it always does, right? <laughs> it's like, oh, I remember how we met. Yeah. And it, and I think I just think back and I'm like, wow, it feels like yesterday, but it was, it was quite a while ago. Right. And, uh, it was, I think it was exciting because it was, you know, you're also like a part of like it, in Canada, the CFL is like almost like the NFL. It's very mm. comparable as far as like status goes. So he was kind of like a local celebrity. A lot of people knew him. He was very well um, versed in the community and all that stuff. So it was, it, it, it was like, you were part of like the celebrity life. Like, right. so it was, it was really fun. A lot of events, a lot of like, you know, you get to go to the locker room and um, tickets to the games and traveling and parties and all that stuff. So it was a really like fun, exciting time. That does sound fun. I mm-hmm. feel like your environment, like when you start surrounding yourself around that, mm-hmm. it even like intensifies like your passion for like what it is that you want to do. And, oh yeah. And your success in life. Oh yeah, for sure. Is he from Texas or? He's actually from, yeah, yeah he's from San Antonio. Okay. Oh, okay. okay. That makes yeah. sense. I was going to say from Canada to Texas. I'm like, how, why Texas? Change. Yeah. I guess that ties it back together. Yeah. So he's from here. Okay. And so, yeah, we were like, you know, let's stay here and, and start our careers here. 
Honestly, like not just because I'm biased because I'm from Texas, but North Texas is a great place to live. I There's think so, so much opportunity. Yeah. You know? No, I agree. And it's like in general and it's continuing to grow. So I agree. if you're thinking about relocating somewhere, I'm, I'm the no, type of person like, no, I don't no, mind you coming. Don't say no, that. I don't, mind, I don't mind people coming, <laughs> like different backgrounds. I'm okay. I invite you. <laughs> no, <laughs> no I, I feel like in a few years, it's going to be like California. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Texas. Yeah. It's going to be like the, yeah. like the center hub. So yeah. might as well just start getting used to it. I just like <laughs> diversity in general, mm-hmm. like period. Like I like just people like com- coming together from different backgrounds, from different yes. like cultures, from yes. different like, you know, air- even like the U.S. is a big country. Right. So like there's people are different depending on the area that you live in, like the, For sure. you know, the East coast, West, whatever. Sure. Um, so I like when people like kind of mix together and I just do have to say though, um, as big as Texas is, we're not as multicultural as other States. Oh are, no. Which I is agree. crazy. Mm-hmm. Right. Cause it's so big. Which is why I invite people. Over. <laughs> hey, come on over. No, but I mean, we already have enough people, but it's not multicultural. Mm-hmm. Like we have a lot of Hispanics, a lot of Americans, but. Well, we had a, we, we like our friend, Marilu, she was also on the podcast. She's also a doctor. Um, she did. She came from California because okay. she married to uh, a Texan. A Texan. Oh, wow. And she's like, it's just Texas is so different from California. Like people are just more like nicer in their own little worlds <laughs> not nicer it's just they're just more we like are nicer cons- conservative <laughs> as in like you don't really step outside of your circle mm-hmm. like you know what i mean it's not like people don't really like blend together well not i, I don't want to say it like that i think i'm just kind of misinterpreting it but people don't really step out of their comfort zones here you stick mm-hmm. to your circles mm-hmm. and for me it's like like i said i like pe- when people like kind of I like Connect. to hear different perspectives. Right. You I know? think you should go to Canada. <laughs> yeah, maybe I should Canada go to Canada. You know, I never I think yeah. about going to Canada. Like, I've never gone. It's mind. expensive. It is. It right? Is. Yeah. It I is. went one time and I was like, <sighs> it was cold. <laughs> it's cold. Yeah. yeah. It's expensive. So there's the thing is, is just comparing my life in Canada to we're talking about like a diversity and cultural mm-hmm. um, just, you know, diversity. What was the culture shock for you here? In other words, like moving here. Um, I think the diversity, Mm -hmm. I think, um, yeah, I think because in Canada, it's very much diverse. There's everybody, you know, um, it's, um, you have a lot of Middle Eastern people. I'm Middle Eastern. You have a lot of Hispanic people, um, Indian, Chinese, Caucasian, like you name it. There's Mm -hmm. it's, and everyone is really much blended. Mm -hmm. Um, and just, you know, from experience, like my neighborhoods and school and all that stuff, it's, it was very mixed, which mm-hmm. I loved. And I, I, I love growing up like that, mm-hmm. but coming here, I, I saw something different it, to you guys. It may be diverse, mm-hmm. but I feel like it's not as diverse as like, mm-hmm. like you said, Paula, other places. Yeah. It's never um, felt diverse to me. Enough. No, no. <laughs> no, because, um, I can, I can see like, uh, it's not segregation at all, but how people like kind of just like stick within their mm-hmm. areas, you know, yeah. and it takes a lot of intentionality for you to be the one to like step out of your comfort zone yeah. and like, okay. But in order to do that, of course, it's like, it's your lifestyle too. It's like, okay, well, where do you want to start kind of, what kind what kind of people do you want to start associating with? Yeah. And it, I'm not necessarily meaning like culturally, just like mentally in the same type of mindset you know what i mean yeah and usually that's how you meet different kind of people for sure it's just kind of um 
doing different activities. And that's why I tell Myra, I'm like, you just moved to Dallas, just go try new things like mm-hmm. that you normally wouldn't do. And mm-hmm. whether you like it or not, at least I you never know who you can meet. Right. You know, it's true in general. It's so true. But going back to <laughs> going back to the, the topic of you guys relocating here, um, was that like an easy decision for you, like to decide to move here, leaving your family behind? Like, I always wonder that, like, especially because Latinos are so close to their family. Mm-hmm. Like leaving is hard, you know? It was so hard. It was probably, I think, the hardest decision I've mm-hmm. ever made in my life. Um, but it was one of those things where it was like, you know, I have a new family now. And what was going to be the best for my new family? Mm-hmm. I know my family, my immediate family is always going to be there and support whatever we decide to do, which they did. Um, but it was thinking about, okay, what's going to be the best for, for Mo and I. Right. Um, but it was, it was so hard. I mean, I have, uh, it's very much like the Hispanic culture where it's very t- tight. tight knit. Mm-hmm. Like we're very, um, you know, we show up at, someone like our cousin's house and mm-hmm. uninvited and mm-hmm. we're just very, very close. I think there are, our cultures are very similar. Mm-hmm. Um, and we have a, like the, my immediate family is huge. And I think you, you can relate to that. It's, mm-hmm. you know, cousin on cousin on cousin. Like it's mm-hmm. just, we're so big and everybody's there. It's not like we're really split up everywhere. Um, everybody is in Ottawa, Canada. So it was really tough. And y'all, it, stick, it was, y'all like stick together. Right? Yes, we stick together. Yeah, for sure. And so it's, um, it was one of those things where I was like, oh man, like it was just a lot of self-reflection, a lot of praying, a lot of just like, just tell me what to do. And like, you know, just give me a sign on like, what's a hard what's, one. It, it was hard. It was really hard. And even to this day, I've been here two years now. Yeah. Two or three years now. Mm-hmm. Um, I get homesick a lot, mm-hmm. a lot still to this day. And, and it's like one of those things where, you know, speaking about careers, like I finally finished, I finally graduated mm-hmm. and I was so excited to get in my community and start treating mm-hmm. my community. And, you know, every, all the aunts and uncles were like, we can't wait for you to finish, you know, Aww. so you can treat us. And like, and then it was like, oh, actually <laughs> I'm moving, <laughs> I'm moving. You can and, travel. Yeah. <laughs> wow. yeah. Um, but it was just, it, it was really, it was really hard. It still is to this day, but I think we did make the right decision for us. Um, it's, it's never like off the table to move back. Um, but I think especially after the pandemic, like they're still in, you know, somewhat of a lockdown, they still have mandates and they, you know, they still can't travel really freely. And even for us to go there, we We, have to quarantine. We can't go there. Right. I think the borders might be open. I might be wrong on this, but I think they have opened them up, but you have to quarantine. Wow. Yeah. There's still quarantine is still there. They even have people like, you know, go quarantining and, and sending them to hotels and they can't go to their residence or it, it, it's just, it's yeah. wild out there. But I think I heard, wasn't there like a government hotel where they're sending them, everyone yes, that's going there, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. That's so crazy. we're, we're trying to figure out what we're going to do because we're actually going back for um, my sister's wedding in August. So we're like, what, what are we going to do? We can't, I have my, um, my brother and, all, all and time. <laughs> brother-in-law's wedding seven days before my sister's mm. wedding. Oh. So even if we traveled and they told us to quarantine, we won't make it for the wedding. <laughs> oh, so so you have to pick one. Uh, well, we're just kind of seeing, we're going to kind of wait it out just to see. That's I a mean, hard decision. it is going to Seattle. That's where uh, my brother-in-law's wedding is, um, is, is fine. You know, going to Seattle and within the U S but, um, going to Canada is a different story. So we haven't really booked our flights yet. We're kind of just waiting to, to see, see what happens and hopefully um, things change. Yeah, I know. I know. We're really hoping. And even just like the difference within the weddings, like the, you know, um, 
you know, my sister-in-law who's planning her wedding and brother-in-law, they're super free. Like they're doing like normal. It's like, there's no difference. My sister is a different story. She can. It's a Middle Eastern wedding. A Middle Eastern wedding, but oh, she, yeah. she can't within Canada with weddings. Now they can't go full out and invite everybody. Oh. It's very restricted. So like, she's like, okay, well, I think they can only invite like a hundred people to the church. And then for the reception, she was like there, if we do a backyard wedding, we can only invite 25 people. Oh, wow. man. So it's just wild. So Dang. she's kind of like, I feel, I feel bad for her just cause it's, you know, it's her not, wedding. Yeah, yeah. It's her wedding and all that stuff. But, um, hopefully it'll, it'll work out mm-hmm. and be fine. Wow. I just realized last weekend was supposed to be your wedding, no? Mm-hmm. Last oh, Friday, really? my second wedding date. <laughs> oh my god! Because my original date was going to be October. Um, October 1st or 2nd, I forget, um, 2020. Okay. Obviously, that was canceled. Yeah. Um, and so I rescheduled it for f- this last Friday. It would have been last Friday. Oh but my then gosh. at the beginning of the year, I didn't want to start making decisions, not really knowing. Yeah. And so we just like... Let's just wait and who who knows at this point I know. we'll have a wedding. You I know? know. We went through the same but thing. But I'm also like not attached to the idea of it mm-hmm. because to me it's like it's not the wedding day. It's everything leading up to it, you know? Yes. So for sure. We'll we'll see. Maybe I'll elope one day and just <laughs> see me in, in, in Hawaii with hey, my nothing wedding dress. Wrong with that. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> I have my wedding dress though. But you know, <laughs> who knows? Um, but yes, yeah, that that does I kind of feel for like people. Um, given that I kind of went through something similar mm-hmm. uh, through the pandemic and everything, but, um, I had a question in mind and I just kind of went blank. <laughs> um, so you relocated here mm-hmm. and, um, I, oh yes, I love that you said it's about my family now. Mm-hmm. A lot of people don't understand that sometimes in life, you yeah. know what I mean? Like once yeah. you get together, it's like, you do have to think about like, it's your future. Like, For sure. And, this person. And that was obviously mm-hmm. new to me because. Right that's, that's my first experience, Mm -hmm. um, going through that. And, you know, all your life, you're like about your family and like, you know, what are we doing and what's Mm -hmm. good for us and all this stuff. But now it's like that kind of shifts and you're kind of like, okay, well now, now I have my family, Mm -hmm. you know, my new family, um, that I have to create, right. The one I'm creating. And, and, um, I have to think about that and what's going to be best for us. And I think that that's what my family, my immediate family would want to, mm-hmm. you know, they would want us to, to do what's good for us and what's right for us and all that stuff. And I still remember to this day, like speaking about how hard it was when my, um, my dad dropped me off at the airport. Oh, oh gosh. Like I, I, I that have that vision and that his face in my mind and he completely, I know my dad won't listen, but he completely um, broke down. Broke down. Yeah. I was just going to ask, how did your parents take it? Your dad, you know, my dad, my mom, I feel like she was sad. She wanted us to stay there. Um, But I think she was like, you know, do what you have to do. Mm -hmm. My dad was really trying to reel us in and have us stay there because you know, we're, we're, there's three girls and we're all daddy's girls. Like we're, Mm -hmm. you know, we, we love them to death. And um, it was, it was definitely hard to, to let go. Yeah. Um, and so, but again, it's just like what you, things you just, this life, you know, right. you, you just got to do it's what like you got to do. Grow up. Yeah. This kind of brings me to the topic that we talked about our last episode. So if you haven't listened to that, go back to that one. It's about detachment, how important that is in life for progress. Mm-hmm. You know, like sometimes we have to detach ourselves from places, beliefs, things like in order to move forward, Absolutely. you can't stay stuck in that. And cause you'll never grow from it. Exactly. And it's uncomfortable, you know, but it is. Yeah. So 
you detached. <laughs> I'm going to say it like that. And <laughs> came, you know, you fell in love. You came with your husband. How was it like once you moved to Texas? Like, did you immediately find a job? Like, what was your transition? So, no, I was actually not licensed yet. So mm -hmm. when I moved to the U.S., now mm -hmm. I had to think about the U.S. licensing mm -hmm. uh, board exams. Mm -hmm. So that was a whole other thing. I had started the Canadian licensing because that's where I thought I was going to be. Um, ended up stopping that and then transitioning into the U.S. ones. Um, huge, long process. I did not expect what I had, like, I didn't expect it. Mm -hmm. It was very hard and long. It took me about a year, um, to get licensed. So there was multiple exams, maybe about mm -hmm. six or seven. And just, I think the materials the same, like what I learned in Canada, the mm -hmm. school system is pretty much the same. Um, I think it's the way they test in the U S versus Canada is mm -hmm. so different. Is it so, like more difficult? <laughs> no, well, I, th I actually think the Canadian system is a little bit more difficult okay. than the U S system, mm -hmm. but it's just, it, it's not even about like, Oh, like how much, you know, or what the material is. It was more so, um, like how they asked the questions. Mm -hmm. It was just different. So I had been used to my whole life being in the Canadian system and multiple choice questions and mm -hmm. things like that and how they ask them mm -hmm. versus now transitioning to a completely different system mm -hmm. and trying to succeed sense. at it. It was, it was, it was tough. I think it was more so adjusting to, okay, what do they want from the question? Like, what do they want? What's me their to purpose? Yes. yes. Like, what do they want me to answer? They almost like, want to mind trick you <laughs> a little bit and see like if you get and multiple out. choice mm -hmm. to begin with is is tricky. So yeah. it was, it was, I think a lot of, uh, it was a like adjusting period of mm -hmm. like, okay, how, how am I going to, you know, succeed these exams and, and get through it? But it was good. We, we, we got there and, um, got licensed. And after that, I started looking for jobs. And when you come out of like a doctorate program, you're either an associate. So you're working for a doctor, mm -hmm. um, or, you, you create your own practice. You start your own practice. Um, I don't think I was totally ready to start my own practice right from the get-go because mm -hmm. I had been a year without any kind of like chiropractic uh, work. Mm -hmm. So I graduated. We were here. We did the immigration. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> and then the licensing. So it was a whole year before I could, you know, put my hands on anybody or treat anybody or anything like that. So... Um, I was like, you know what, let me just shadow someone. Let me observe. Let me work for someone else just to kind of see, you know, how, what the practice is like, how to, you know, build a practice, get all those skills. Right. And most of all, most importantly, like figure out, okay, what do I want to do? And what do I not want to do? How do I want to run a practice versus how I not, I don't want to run a practice. Mm -hmm. So it was, it, it was good experiences to really figure out who I want to be, um, how I want to run a practice. Mm -hmm. I knew for sure I wanted to run a practice, but just didn't know when. Okay. And just being in a new community, that's a whole other thing. And oh, this yeah. ties into Instagram and, and social media was basically like, I, I didn't know anybody. The only person I knew was my husband. <laughs> that's what I was going to, my yeah. next question, it's like, yeah. okay, how did you start your network? Which does bring, bring us into social media. Yeah. Um, networking is essential, especially mm -hmm. when you're moving into a completely new place. Yes. You don't even can't rely on the people you know yes necessarily so you're literally starting from scratch I started from zero so tell us about how that journey like how <laughs> yeah. that started for you so like I was saying I had a whole year mm -hmm. where I was pretty much just doing exams and kind of just hanging out really mm -hmm. um my husband was working we didn't he had his car he would take to work this is mm -hmm. pre-pandemic yeah so um and I was home and I was just like what am I going to do with my time? I mean, I would study, take the exams and then I had a lot of free time. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to start a doctor page. I'm going to start 
putting myself out there. I knew I had to like kind of get in there with the community some way, somehow, because I knew eventually I'm going to open a practice or work for another doctor and start seeing people. And how was I supposed to do that if no one knew who Dr. Rebecca was? Mm -hmm. (laughs) So it was kind of like a a huge learning curve. It kind of pushed me into, okay, I have so much time. Let me put everything into this platform and see where it takes me. So that's when I started, uh, the chiropractic guru. Um, and I just, I was debating, I had obviously a personal page and I was debating, okay, do I just transition my personal page into the doctor page Mm -hmm. or do I just start from scratch? And I'm very competitive with myself. So I was like, you know what? If I'm going to do this, I'm going to do it right. Let me start from zero and see what I can do. Mm -hmm. So that's where it started. I just started, you know, just basically, um, strategize, like strategizing and, um, doing a lot of research of like how I could do this, how like hashtags and, um, you know, geotags and, um, finding people that may or may be interested in me. It was a huge learning curve, but I learned so much and I was able to like create a strategy for myself, um, to where now I'm, I've have a following over of over 10,000 followers where when I started, I had zero. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. That's awesome. Um, so I started October of 2019, I believe, I believe. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Wow. So two years. Yeah. About two years. I'm, I'm still mind blown. I still, I still can't believe it, but 16,000, 16, Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. And I I know I was kind of talking to Myra yesterday about it. I, I went to bed, I was at 9,000 something. Um, and I woke up and I was at 14 K and how, I was, did, how did that happen? Like, for you, have, what do you think like happened? I think it may be sharing of like reels and videos. And, um, I did have a few videos that got quite a, uh, a lot of traction. Um, I, I have no clue. Mm-hmm. I have no clue, but yeah. So obviously there's a lot of businesses out there, right. Mm-hmm. That want to grow. Mm-hmm. Um, because at the end of the day, it's, who you can put your name in front of, yes. right? Like yes. it's networking. Yes. And obviously networking has changed in the past years because now it's a lot of social media networking. You got it. Yeah. It's not even necessarily you being at every event or anything. Like if you can be smart with social media, then you can grow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you feel like have been like your biggest, like if you can like name like the top three consistency tactics or skills like yeah. with like social media, what was it for you? For sure. I think, um, when it comes to creating and building a community, mm-hmm. um, it, being authentic mm-hmm. and being yourself, truly yourself right. is what people are going to fall in love with and want to follow you for. So for me, it was just showing up a lot on my stories, maybe not so much on my feed, mm-hmm. but definitely on my stories because that's where a lot of people are at. They're looking. Uh, yeah. yeah. They're watching. And and I truly believe that, especially as a chiropractor and as a doctor, and if there's any healthcare professionals or uh, listening, um, I truly believe that Instagram is the new Google for finding, you know, a chiropractor, a physical therapist, an MD, a Everything. lash tech, um, makeup artist, you name it. Mm-hmm. That's where people go to. And I'm, I put myself in people's shoes and I'm like, what do I do when I'm looking mm-hmm. up something? I look on, and even if I find it on Google, I'm like, do they have an Instagram? Right. I want to <laughs> see them. Right. And if they don't, I'm like, oh, like that's kind of like a downer. Like yeah. that's like, like a, oh, not them. I right. Exactly. Do you know what I even do mm-hmm. for restaurants? I'll go to their Instagram just so I can see pictures of Other their food? meals. Yes, absolutely. Everything. It's crazy. Yeah. Instagram literally is a new search engine here. It is. Because people are very visual thing. nowadays. Mm-hmm. That's why. 
And, and so one thing that I really like wanted to talk about, it's like, instead of like being like a watcher and, um, absorbing everything, Mm -hmm. like how do you transition to being a creator? You know what I mean? That's a great question. Don't let social media use you. You use social media. Yes, for sure. You have control of the platform. Mm -hmm. Um, I think the number one thing when I first started, I was like, what's my niche? Mm -hmm. What am I, who am I trying to serve? What's your intention? Yes. Mm -hmm. What's my purpose and my passion behind it? And figuring that out is huge because everything moving forward, creating your content, showing up on your stories, uh, collaborating, uh, communicating is with that in mind. So what's your purpose? And that's what drives your content and the quality of your content. Mm -hmm. Um, so it's, it's a lot of that. And then you'll start to see a lot of people who, because I, from experience, a lot of the times, especially healthcare professionals, they're like, well, I want to help everybody. I don't want to just help athletes right. or right. females. I want to ha- whoever walks in my office, I want to see. Mm-hmm. Well, that's super admirable. It's not necessarily how you grow. Mm-hmm. You have to pick, um, who, who is that dream client? Who is mm-hmm. that dream customer? Who is that dream patient mm-hmm. that you would have a hundred times over in your practice? And so you almost tr- have to commit. Yeah. To yeah. Yeah. And that doesn't yeah. mean, and I think people are scared of the commitment and they're like, well, then that means I can't treat men or that means I can't treat whatever else. No, it, it's going to make them want to come see you more because they see how, um, how specific you are and they see how good you are with the population that you treat. Now it's going to make other people want to come see you. So it's not necessarily excluding anyone. Mm -hmm. It's more so just being passionate about a specific demographic, let's say, and really serving them, giving them quality. Um, and that's how a lot of people will essentially get attracted to you. And, and that speaks for me too. Like I have a, um, a practice where I treat a lot of young females. That's my passion. Well, that doesn't mean that I don't treat males and that doesn't mean I don't treat babies Mm -hmm. and that doesn't mean I don't treat, you know, seniors Mm -hmm. at all. It actually piques their interest because they're like, wow, she's so good at this demographic. Like I want to go see her. Mm -hmm. So I think that that's where people have to kind of put their focus. And I think it's like what you're saying is like you're building that trust with even you're building the trust with like a certain demographic, but then everybody else, whoever they know, it opens up your, their circle more or your circle more to like sure. the people they know, like for word sure. of mouth. Yeah, it's like, exactly. You know so I mean? it's, it's, it's just really interesting. And even for me, when I first started, I was like, Oh my gosh, I have to pick, like, I have to pick like a, um, an audience, like an ideal client or patient. Mm-hmm. It was a very foreign concept to mm-hmm. me, but I was like, when I started doing it, I was like, wow, I see it. It makes sense. I see it. It's see re- it really saying. is working. Yeah. But you know, that ties into like maybe subconsciously wanting to be like by everyone Mm-hmm. instead of just focusing on one, you know what I mean? And yeah. then if some do, some don't, then that's yeah. not on you. You know what I mean? You're going to sure. attract what you have the intention of attracting. For sure. And if you look at any brand right now, like mm-hmm. they are attracting a specific audience. Mm-hmm. They really are. If you really look at it, mm-hmm. but everybody and anybody will, will shop because it's just, it, it's an amazing brand. They really know what they're doing. They have a purpose, a mission, a vision behind everything they do. So what is your niche? Uh, so yeah, my niche is, um, younger females, anyone between the age of around 18 to 35. Oh, like us. <laughs> say, say it again. Like us. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, so that's how I found you. Yes. Social media. Yeah. I don't know if you want to elaborate on that, Myra, just disparate. Cause you on the other end of things, like how was that? 
Honestly, I think I, I found you through someone that reposted you. Okay. Or something like that. I was like, oh, like this looks interesting. So I went to her page <laughs> and I had seen the chiropractor before because I think I told you one of my cousins is a chiropractor. But um, I've been having back issues for years and you know that. I have like this really weird back pain that wouldn't go away until recently. But um, so... It was last year, right? When I started seeing you. Mm -hmm. It was last year. I found her page and I was just like Googling and stuff. I was like, okay, like I think I'm going to give her a try. And she was, she's, well, she is in Arlington. So it was perfect because I was in school. So after class, like I would go see her and we just connected really well. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, my back pain is gone. Amazing. I love it. Do you feel like for you, it felt like, it almost felt like a lot of comfort coming to her that she's a woman that you know what i mean like then they all have that connection like i guess tell us a little bit more about yeah i did because you she's, kept coming obviously yeah she's yeah. younger and i liked how we connected not only with medicine but like with just life in general like relatable mm-hmm. yeah like fashion or like eating or coffee shops or you social know media. social media social <laughs> media and also for those who don't know dr rebecca she's a social media coach so I hired her for that as well. Like I started, you know, having her coach me and I learned a lot from it. So, yeah, I think that what connected us more or me with her was that she's younger. She's a female. She knows what she's doing and she's passionate about it. So I loved it. I love that. Um you know, you are, I, I personally have been to a chiropractor like once before. Mm-hmm. And uh, well, what's the like chain one, the joint, the, the joint. joint yeah. yeah. It was a man and, and he was, he was younger too, but I love how, like, I don't really see a lot of females, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? So it's kind of like you're opening, you're kind of pioneering at least within the area mm-hmm. in this area, right? Like that um, demographic for or opening like people's minds to like, Hey, you don't have to be older and already be going through pain issues to be able to come and you know get yourself treated absolutely absolutely so what are like why do you think younger people like us or i consider myself young (laughs) (laughs) why should we be visiting a chiropractor like uh why is that essential for our lifestyles yeah so there's many reasons to Mm -hmm. visit a chiropractor um there's a lot of people these days especially young females, males who have neck pain, back pain, headaches, migraines. Um, and I truly believe it's because of just our era and like technology and phones, how we're stressed you know, and how exactly <laughs> and just stress and how sitting we're really, on our butts. <laughs> yes, it's a lot of sitting. It's very, we're very much more like a sedentary, like uh, generation. Like we're, we're, we don't move like we used to move. And, um, so a lot of aches and pains come with that. And at a really young age, I've seen, um, kids five, six years old have pain, which is crazy. Imagine when they get older, they don't get it treated. Exactly. So it, it was really my mission and my purpose to really help the youth, um, age gracefully and well, the way you should. Um, and a lot of people have this misconception that, oh, well, you know, I'm, I'm 60, so I should expect pain and I should expect, I, you know, it's normal to have arthritis and it's normal to have all these things when in reality, I don't know if you've ever met an older person, maybe in their sixties or seventies, that is just thriving, like their posture and, uh, their, their movement and they haven't had a surgery in their life. They don't take any medication. Um, they're just 
in full like wellness and they're just living like optimally. Um, so that was really my mission and my vision to, to help younger people really just age well. It sounds to me that visiting and treating yourself is a form of self-care. You know, we talk about self-care a lot and it's like your health is self-care. Moving your body is self-care. Like I, we talked about this on other episodes too. Um, you know, working out is self-care, like, um, dancing is self-care any way that you can move or treat your body. I feel like that needs to be normalized. Like, and I feel like there's this huge misconception that it, you know, people that do it is because you just want to look good or there's a lot of vanity behind mm-hmm. that, but it's like, no, it's, you literally feel better, yeah, you know? Absolutely. And absolutely. when you feel better, you act better, you do better. You just think more clearly, yeah. you know? And my, my whole like purpose behind it too, was to, to create a space for younger people to come and feel comfortable, um, and, and, you know, get treated and feel good. Um, you don't even have to come in with pain. I have, you know, tons of patients who are on wellness care where they just come in just to keep up with their health and maintain, um, just as if you were to go to a dentist Mm -hmm. and get a cleaning, why don't we do that for our backs? And so, um, it's, it's the same idea. We, we, we basically maintain our, our, our dental hygiene. Mm -hmm. Um, I think we, and I strongly stand behind and believe that we should, um, maintain and improve our spinal hygiene also. Question, um, that I'm not actually, I'm curious myself. Mm -hmm. What about, um, does chiro- like does insurance typically cover chiropractors? Or, it does. Like, I feel like there might be like some misunderstandings about that. Yeah, does it does. It, it definitely does. There are insurance companies that mm-hmm. do cover a certain amount of visits. Mm-hmm. Um, it just depends on your specific insurance. Right. Of course. Um, I actually um, have a cash practice, so I don't take insurance. Mind you, just because someone has a cash practice doesn't mean that you cannot um, file with your insurance. So you, I right. can actually provide um, super bills where mm-hmm. you can just do it manually. Okay. But I don't deal specifically with insurance with companies. Insurance, yeah, sure. exactly. Mm-hmm. But I truly believe that, um, a lot of the times people are, um, and the reason why I didn't want to do insurance is number one, it's super hectic and super time consuming. I thought my time was way better spent focusing on my patients than focusing on uh, splitting my time and energy mm-hmm. on figuring out insurance. And right. like, mm-hmm. there's just so much with it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I wanted to create a, a practice where I was able the the patients were able to really find value in what it is that I do and how it would improve their quality of life. Um, and also not be, you know, dictated by what their insurance company is going to cover for them. Mm-hmm. Cause a lot of people are just really driven by, okay, well I have 20 sessions in a year. I'm just going to do 20 sessions. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe that's, maybe you need more, mm-hmm. like maybe you need more care than that. So a lot of people are just very like, dependent on, okay, what is my insurance cover? Exactly. And, and that's what I'm going to do. And to be, to be honest with you, when I first started, I was like, yeah, how am I going to do a cash practice? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Because I'm like, if people have insurance, why would they pay out of pocket? Right. Um, but I've been able to create a, a practice where every single one of my patients pays out of pocket. That's amazing. Yeah. Again, going back to networking, social media, and just kind of putting yourself out there. Yeah. I'm going to answer that question Mm -hmm. because when I started going with you, I had insurance Uh and what I looked into more was the experience and the connection with my doctor than, you know, going with someone that was going to take my insurance and me just going 
just for me to get treated, you know, like 20 times, like how you said. Yeah. So I prefer to just pay cash pay and actually have a connection with my doctor than going with someone that was just doing it for the money. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I agree That's important. That. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I, I've said this before. Like, I feel like anything that creates, we're kind of in that, like we're moving that in the direction where everything that creates an experience mm-hmm then that's where people want to spend their time. Absolutely. Like an example, it's like when you go out to dinner, I'd rather go somewhere that's going to create an experience for me mm-hmm. most of the time rather than just, <laughs> what did I say the other day on the episode? No hate to anybody that works at Chili's, but no, I don't want to go to Chili's on a date. <laughs> like that's not an experience to me. Like, you know what I mean? I want to go somewhere that's going to create, I'm going to have more attention. Yeah. It's just, mm-hmm. you just feel better. Yeah. Like time is essential. So going spending your time in places with people that are going to give you that mm-hmm. and value that is important. Absolutely. I feel like mm-hmm. now more than ever, people are buying the experience. Yes. And, and this is a strategy that I use in my social media mm-hmm. was really showing people not only chiropractic and the profession, but people want to see who is behind the chiropractor, who is behind the baker, Mm-hmm. Who's behind, like, what's the story behind that? And I think that I truly believe it. Like Mike Mari said, like you're, you're buying into who, who's the person behind the title, mm-hmm. right? What's their story? Where's their passion lie? You know, are they really like focused on helping you get better and, and do good? Or is it really mostly about the money and just mm-hmm. trying to, you know, collect and, and get a paycheck. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I really do think that if anyone's listening, that's interested in growing their social media that really like show people who you are, because that's who people fall in love with. It's, it really is like a, an experience also on your social media, uh, from your profile picture to your bio, to your feed, your aesthetic, your stories. That's a whole experience that you're selling to someone because you really do have like about three seconds for someone to come on your page and be like, eh, no, or follow. Right. You know, no, it does. That mm-hmm. makes sense. Um, again, our attention span is like exactly. this short. I mean, even with TikTok, even worse, <laughs> it's like, oh, next, next, you know, it's um, true. You got to spark interest right away. So that like spending the time on what your intention and messages is important. Um, another way we kind of, I feel like connected is our photographer. Yes. I feel like I met her yes. through Myra. She met her through you. So shout out to her. Ariel. <laughs> her Instagram is, if you want to give her a follow, is Ariel So Visual. Yes. Yeah. She's an amazing photographer in the uh, North Texas, mm-hmm. Dallas, Fort Worth area. What I love about Ariel is that she's super passionate and I could really mm-hmm. relate to, mm-hmm. to that. She is actually... I met a a little while ago and she really helped me with my vision and, um, my pictures and, and just kind of like setting my Instagram basically. And so she's one of the reasons why for my success on Instagram is, is her photography and how she captured those moments. Um, but yeah, she, she's amazing. And what I love about her is that she loves to work with influencers or bloggers or whoever that needs a lot of content and she will give you all of the pictures that you take. So I know most photographers will give you tell you to pick five or 10 or whatever it is, they'll edit them. And then that's all you get. Mm-hmm. Ariel will give you the option to take everything. Right. Yeah. That, that's amazing. So I like it. Mm-hmm. So that kind of brings me to like the point of like the importance of investing in yourself. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, especially for growth, like you really do have to like, 
kind of put your, not only put your time, but sometimes you got to put your money in yeah, it too. You absolutely. know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. you are your biggest investment. Mm-hmm. And if you're not going to invest in yourself, why do you think other people will? Right. You got it. You know? Yeah. Totally agree. I completely agree with that. It's like, if you need help with like your workouts, hire a trainer. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like if you don't have the self-discipline, if you need help, whatever it is that you need help with, like if you need content for your page and you just struggle creating it yourself okay well then hire somebody to help you mm-hmm. hire social media uh, hire yeah. social media manager yes yeah. and um that's just the way i see it like if uh, that's the type of pers- person that i am too like if i don't feel like you are invested in yourself then like why would i you know what i mean mm-hmm. like my attention yeah you know what i mean yeah for sure so another way um i think it's important like the way we use social media is it's important to not just be, um, I guess for lack of a better word, a watcher, you know what I mean? Not just be somebody that absorbs it all, but like also find a way, like we're all creative in some way. We all kind of have our, um, passion, passions and, um, in life. So finding a way to kind of make that work for you mm-hmm. with social media mm-hmm. and maximizing that. Yeah. And I, I think that a lot of people see, see that, mm-hmm. Um, especially when you're consuming content, you can kind of see if the per if the person is showing up with purpose and passion right. versus just posting to post. Mm-hmm. Y- you really can, and I I'm, you probably have have experienced that where, sure. where you know you're looking at something or a post or a caption, and you're like, did they really like? Did they even think about what mm-hmm. they were saying, or like, was there any like intent behind it? Right. And so that's another strategy I would encourage people to mm-hmm. to do is show up. Um, with purpose and passion. And I think that's important to find if you're like, well, I don't know what my purpose or passion is, then it's important to find it because it really does show through your, your Mm -hmm. content. And I think if, if it's somebody, if you're the person that struggles with that, it's like, then maybe not spending so much time on social media is not the best for you right now. It's Mm -hmm. maybe tune in more to yourself. You know what I mean? As in like, let me figure my mind or like myself out first. Instead of always constantly absorbing somebody else's. Yeah, for sure. So you're never like, if you, you're constantly in that mindset, you're just never going to know yourself. For um, sure. And I've talked, I think I talked about this on every episode, but I just think it's important. Like we need to stop checking social media in the mornings. First thing you do when you wake <laughs> up, like you need to have time for yourself, have time for your coffee, have time to like put your mind together and set your intentions for the day mm-hmm. before taking on somebody else's. You know what I mean? For sure. I um, think that one thing that helped me with that is really like setting a schedule. And I know this might sound crazy, but with owning a business now and having all the things on my checklist, I think it's really important to divide your attention um, to specific things and a lot time to those things. So let's say you are someone who enjoys like looking and scrolling through Instagram. Okay. Set 15 minutes where you do that. And that's it. And we all do it. I mean, yeah. I'm not saying that I I do it too. Mm-hmm. I think I do it more. I'm more guilty of it at, at night, night than in the morning. <laughs> so, I'm you know, sure. I'm not saying that I'd never do that. No, of course we do it. But I do catch myself if I'm doing it too mm-hmm. much. Um, most of the time it's like, I, I mean, I guess think about how you want to use, what do you want to get out of social media? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's like, Oh, fashion. Like for me, I like looking at fashion inspo. I look for things that I need. Like if I want to find a chiropractor, I'd, I'd go to social media. I'd I'd go find anything there, mm-hmm. but, um, instead of just kind of mindlessly scrolling and not really knowing why you're doing that for sure, you know, for sure. Um, but I love social media. Like, I think 
I personally think it's one of the greatest things that has happened to us because it's a way for us to connect with each other. Mm-hmm. If that's the, if you see it with that perspective, yeah. Of course, there's people that see it. Oh, it's so negative, and you know. Um, but anyway, I feel like that's a whole different topic. <laughs> um, so, what would you recommend for people that are not maybe not necessarily wanting to get started, but are already in that um, social media world? Mm-hmm. As far as you're already an influencer, you're already a blogger. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're struggling with like consistency, inspiration, like why do you think? that people struggle with that. I think like going and I, and I personally struggle with that too. Sometimes where you get into like a rut where you're like, you're, you almost question yourself like, okay, what am I doing here? Mm-hmm. What's happening? Am I, and, and I think it's normal. Okay, so I so think if any, <laughs> I think if anyone is experiencing that, it's, it's totally normal. Mm-hmm. I think going back to the drawing board, sometimes I have to do that where I'm like, okay, what's my purpose? What's my passion? If remembering your why and, and why you got started and why you're doing it, I think it's important. And it's like that for anything in life, like your, your career, sometimes you're like, oh my gosh. And with this year being the exception with the pandemic, I think it's a lot more common for people to feel that way just because, you know, it wasn't nothing about it was really normal. Mm -hmm. So you kind of, your, your schedule and your the things that you do from, you know, in your day to day life have just kind of changed and pivoted and altered. And mm-hmm. unfortunately, a lot of people have lost jobs mm-hmm. and, um, just everything unfortunately changed for them, maybe lost a loved one and all that stuff. So, um, I think going back to the drawing board and just really writing things down, um, your purpose, your passion, why are you doing it? Um, creating a schedule, a content schedule, a strategy, um, you know, listening to podcasts like this, where mm-hmm. they do share some inspiration, some light on, uh, on some of these topics, but yeah, it goes back to like tuning into yourself and your own personal self-development, mm-hmm. like always finding a way back to it. Because, um, I mentioned kind of this term last episode, it's like, are you like escaping or are you like elevating in life, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And you do have to self-evaluate sometimes. And it's like, okay, I've been escaping for a whole year, avoiding anything that it's going to help me grow, you know? Yeah. At what point do you like get out of that? Like you, you have to like spend that time for yourself, self-evaluate, like, and the only way to do that is I think on another episode, our uh, friend Mari Lushi said at some point you just kind of get sick and tired of being sick and tired. You know what I mean? And like, you kind of need to change it up and listening to yourself. But, um, I just feel like it's, it's something normal. Like a lot of people deal with that. I I see other like influencers, um, bloggers, like, and they feel so guilty about it sometimes, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. because they feel like they're letting people down. And it's like anybody with any like emotional intelligence understands that you go through phases in life. Oh yeah. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And uh, I gotta say something, the whole backlash with um, other influencers backlashing like other influencers by not posting stuff and everything. It's like, why can't everybody just like, that makes even more like pressure mm-hmm. on yourself. Yeah. It's like you have to stay on yeah. top of everything. For sure. Because sure. if you don't say something or you stay quiet, oh, you're a bad person. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I agree with that. I think that there's been a lot of that, um, especially this year with everything that went on. And right. I think I, I actually have had a few people reach out to me like, I've got so much hate because I haven't mentioned this specific thing. Like, what do you, what are your thoughts? Um, and I truly believe like it's your platform. You can right. post what you want to post. If you, if you're comfortable with it, do it. If you're not, don't do it. If you're not educated on it and you're not quite sure right. what's happening, right. uh, get educated, mm-hmm. but 
the silence doesn't necessarily mean like I don't support it. Right. Right. Or I do support it or right. whatever the case is. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think it's, it's tough, but it's also one of those things where being on social media, you know, you're exposed to so many different people. Mm-hmm. So hate is normal. Mm-hmm. Support is normal. So it's just knowing when to shut that off, mm-hmm. um, escape. If you need to take a social media break, sometimes I do that where I, I tell my followers, Hey, I'm going to be gone for the weekend, but I'll be back on Monday or whatever the case is. Mm-hmm. You need that. You need that like detox because it's overwhelming. That is important. Like, I can't tell you how much like social media breaks help because oh it's gosh. like when you feel like you're, it's, it's stressful to like create, I mean, to me, I think it's stressful to create content sometimes just because Mm -hmm. if you're not investing the time in it, just because it's like you don't want to be ruled by the attachment towards, you know, having to have content because of your following or anything. And sometimes you just want to live, you know, Mm -hmm. so it's okay to detach and come back. And you know what I mean? I think that needs to be more normalized. Like you can't expect somebody to be like on point. 24 7 yeah yeah I think just realizing everybody's feeling the same way Mm -hmm. if you're feeling it someone else is definitely feeling it too so just knowing that it's it's normal and you know stepping away sometimes is is good for growth and Mm -hmm. just like mental clarity and 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 stepping away doesn't necessarily mean that you're going through a terrible time maybe you're going through a really good time in your life and you just want to enjoy it Uh, and I was actually reflecting on this yesterday Mm -hmm. the last time that I well not the last time um when I took a, a social media cleanse last year at the, mm-hmm. before the pandemic, guess what happened? I met Myra and we started a podcast. Oh, wow. During that time. Mm-hmm. It was during that time. I remember. That's amazing. Um, Cause I remember I did it like a day before uh, Valentine's and then we met on Valentine's. So it's like, you just never know what you're going to, what you can create when you just kind of detach from like, you know what, let me just take a little bit of, of a break. It's just too much pressure sometimes. Yeah. I, I don't want to absorb other people's. Energy. energy for now. I just kind of want to tune into myself. That's normal to feel like that. Yeah. And I think yeah. a, a lot of amazing things can happen when you're truly present in your own life. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Even on, like, like on trips, like, um, I feel like trips are like the best time to like really kind of detach yourself yeah. and at, at the very least get off of, take your pictures if you want to have memories, you know, for later, but yeah. just kind of not be on your phone. all the Even time. like, you know, on trips, speaking of that, like sometimes what I'll do and it's really hard because I, I love to share mm-hmm. um, and I love Same. to keep people updated and, 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 you know, and just in tune with my life. Mm-hmm. But um, sometimes just taking the content, mm-hmm. like the stories and all that stuff and just posting it all when you get back. Mm-hmm. So this way you're like not missing out. You've got your content. You did, you know, you took the pictures you wanted to took the videos, stories, all that stuff. And then when you get back, you can just go ahead and post everything. But at least you were present in your, mm-hmm. in your vacation. I agree mm-hmm. with that. That's a really good point. Mm-hmm. Amazing. <laughs> um, is there anything else that you you guys think we needed? I feel like this has been a very constructive conversation. I've learned a lot about um, what you do and um, say it again, the term chiropractic. chiropractic. Yes. <laughs> chiropractic. Okay. I need to get that down. Um, I'm going to have to pay you a visit soon. Yeah, I've only been I'd once ever. And it was like, like I said, at the joint and it was actually a good experience. I was having yeah. like a hip issue. I think I attribute it to like my dancing at the time. Mm-hmm. And then, um, it was just like pinching at me the whole time. And I, I was going for a few sessions and it, it actually helped. That's yeah. great. Yeah. I think that, um, if anyone listening, that's curious, maybe you have mm-hmm. a cousin or a family member or a friend that might be dealing with 
you know, whatever kind of aches or pains or just really improving their posture and movement. Mm-hmm. Um, I do offer free phone consultations. So you're more than welcome to reach out to me and we can kind of just chat about, you know, if you have any questions about what it is that I do or maybe how I can help you or if you're even a candidate for chiropractic care. Um, I, I always love to offer that just so people can um, get their questions answered, especially again, from social media, you know, maybe you can't get in contact with the person or you DM them and you don't hear from them or, um, you're not able to ask questions. And sometimes it's just answering those questions that really push people to uh, feel comfortable about, about pursuing it. So yeah, makes sense. I, I saw that you just yeah. opened up your service for that. Uh, what's the best way to reach you? Yeah. So I am usually on Instagram, so you can reach me at, at the chiropractic guru. Um, yeah, you can give me a DM, send me, you know, we can chat there, um, and we can connect there and I'm excited to connect and chat. Yes. And to just, uh, I'd love to hear your stories too, whenever, um, cause I do watch your stories mm-hmm. whenever, um, you post like those those great, like, um, I guess outcomes of people that yeah, have actually yeah. benefited from chiropractic oh, good. treatments. Yes. Good. It's amazing. Awesome. Well, we absolutely appreciate you being here today and sharing with us all of your knowledge. Um, I feel like we can continue on this conversation for so long, <laughs> uh, especially when it comes down to like, how do you use social media, you know, for, uh, your growth, you yeah. know, essentially, we all want to grow in some way, right? Mm-hmm. Um, we all want to have a better future for ourselves. And in this world, network, your network really matters. It does. Like um, opening yourself up, vulnerability and all of that. It does. Hence why we are talking on a podcast right now. <laughs> <laughs> but we appreciate you being yes. here and thank, thank um, we hope to have you back sometime. Yes, I'd love to be back. Thank and you for having me. Thank you guys thank for you. tuning in, listening. We will share all of um, the social media handles on our Instagram. Um, so, so please go back and comment what your thoughts are on this episode and also head on over to our Apple podcast and leave us a review and cheers. We will talk to you all next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.